The Deep State Connection to the Fatima Message This presentation was given by Father Isaac Mary Relier on April 4, 2020 and is sponsored by the Fatima Center. Blessings from the Fatima Center. This is Father Isaac Mary Relier. Let us start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Remember, O most compassionate Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, our Mother. To thee we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrowful. Mother, the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Francis and St. Pio, pray for us. St. Alphonse Ligari, St. Athanasius, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. As we enter deeper and deeper into this coronavirus crisis and the shutdown of literally the whole world, I want to make one thing perfectly clear. And that is that all current events throughout the whole world must be seen in the light of the message a lady gave us at Fatima when she came in 1917. And these messages were, she proved that she, these messages were from her son by telling us that she would perform a great miracle. And she did that, as many of you know, the great miracle of the son falling from the sky, it was pouring rain in front of 75,000 people. The people thought the world was going to end as the sun came down. And then the sun went back up, and everyone was totally dry. There was no more mud. Many, many miracles happened. People were healed. And Our Lady gave us a sign that you can believe in her message. And to this day, she fulfilled all of, most of the prophecies she gave us at Fatima. And so the most important thing we have to look at is that she told us that her son wanted Russia to be consecrated to her Immaculate Heart by the Pope in union with all the bishops. She said if that was not done at a certain date, time, that Russia then would spread her errors throughout the whole world Whole nations will be annihilated, but in the end, the Pope will consecrate Russia, Russia will be converted, and there will be a reign of peace. So this is the most important thing. We are living the Fatima message now. Over a 100 years ago, she gave us this, and we are living it. We see Russia will spread her errors throughout the whole world is fulfilled totally. And the main error we can say is communism, atheism. And that's where communism leads to atheism. And it is right here in America. It's across the whole world. Uh, there was a news reporter I was listening to not too long ago. He said, you have to be beware when all the world governments have the same solution to the problem. We've never seen that. And the reason being is that they're all united under this one world government to destroy what we know as the free world, to destroy not only America, but all of Europe, the whole world, that they want us to come under the reign of the Antichrist, under Satan, and this is what's going on. The communists told us that how they would accomplish this. Number one, they said they will infiltrate the school system throughout the world, and they did that in the United States. They have been teaching communism doctrines, basically, to our young ones for over 40, 50 years. They said so through the education system. They have infiltrated through the news, media, TV, and so forth, movies. We see that all the news, you can't believe most of the stuff that comes out from the news. And most of the news is just so, so it's all propaganda. Even the most conservative news, like Fox, say, on, on the TV, which people think are so staunch, they're not. They lead people astray, too. They don't tell us the whole truth. And we can see, sadly, too, 
that all these organizations, the medical field has been infiltrated too. Who does all the medical research? It's people like the Rothschild families, the, the Rockefellers, George Soros, all these people are funding all these things for the one world government and they're poisoning us, they're killing us, the governments, with, with all these GMOs, the pesticides, uh, with all these vaccinations that are causing so many problems. We could see that the communists have entered the Catholic Church. Bella Dodd, who converted in the late 40s, 50s, she was an agent for the communists. And she said she was responsible herself for over 11, 1,200 men infiltrating the Catholic Church through the priesthood. And we could see that many of those priests now are probably bishops today. These are the wicked bishops that have abandoned their flock, that have abandoned Christ and his church. So if we can look at the coronavirus today and the whole situation, we can see that it's a lot more going on than just this virus. Is there a virus? I think there is. People are dying. They said, can we believe all the statistics that we hear? I don't know. But there is a virus. And if you really start doing research, you could see that it is a man-made virus. So this is chemical biological warfare. So China, China is blaming the U.S., U.S. is blaming China. They're probably all in cahoots together. And this is to, uh, we know people like Gates had a lab in Wuhan where all this is started. He believes in population control. He, he's developing this vaccination where you'll be able to be scanned to tell if you have the vaccination or not. And if you don't, if it doesn't light up, you don't have it, you'll be denied food, water, all the necessities of life. This is where we're coming to. Is some people believe will be the mark of the beast that's talked about in the book of the apocalypse in the Bible. So we can see that this deep state that we're fighting is evil. Our politicians are evil. People think the Republicans are good. Somebody told me years ago, well, uh, the Republican Democrat, they were both did the same. It's the same coin, just two different sides. But these people have sold America out left and right. How many of these politicians are even Catholic that have already been excommunicated, latte sententiae, because of their views on abortion, for sure, and homosexuality and everything else, every other abomination is under the sun. But they, they're never excommunicated by the shepherds because our shepherds in the church are all part of this deep state, that the U.S. government has bought off the bishops in the Catholic Church in the United States, that our U.S. bishops receive over half a billion dollars from these devils, these demonic people in Washington, and that's why they took down the crucifixes from our classrooms. That's why we're not allowed to pray. That's why Catholics can't be Catholic no more. This is what's going on. And so this situation, they're using this, no doubt about it, they're using this coronavirus as a means to implement martial law, which is all over the world now, and there's different levels of it, but believe me, we're under martial law. Here in the United States, we have lost our, our rights to freedom. They tell us when we can go, what we can do, when we can do it. And the sad thing is nobody's even given any oppositions. And when the Nazis did the same thing in Second World War, what happened? Most people never believed that it was going to happen until it was too late and the concentration camps were filled. And they tried to exterminate not only Jews, but just as many Roman Catholic priests, brothers, and other Catholics too. And now we have FEMA camps throughout our whole country here in the United States, and that's what they're going to be doing. They're emptying the prisons to put people like you and myself there now. Emptying prisoners, people that have committed great crimes are being let out of the prisons now. This is all part of the deep state. I want to make you aware of something going on, too. It's called QAnon. And QAnon is, they're putting many videos out there now, and they say QAnon developed after the world, the Twin Towers went down uh, years ago, 9-11, and it was many conservative generals and other conservatives that are involved in intelligence. And they came together to fight what they said the deep state. And now they're in high gear since Donald Trump took over. 
and they're trying to work with him to destroy the deep state. Now I watch their videos, and a lot of them, there's like many of them on uh, YouTube. And when you watch it, you can see that they reveal many of these dark secrets that are going on in society today. They reveal the deep state, who they are, these evil politicians and governments. They reveal who the Rothschilds are, who the Rockefellers are, Bill Gage, George Soros. They reveal the human trafficking going on, how these pedophile rings are devouring these poor children, how basically these people are satanic and they sacrifice these poor children after they abuse them terribly. And they go on and on. They review, they reveal what happened in the, the refugees coming into the United States, how that was all funded by George Soros. So it's very interesting how they work because they would tell you all these truths. And if you follow them, which you're not going to find out about on regular news, you have to go to outside sources. You're going to say, man, this is all true. But guess what? The devil is very subtle. And the devil will give you 99% truth, but then he comes with his poison, 1% that can ruin you and take you to hell. And so in these QAnon messages, they talk about how a man will come along and how Trump is right now working with these people and how this crisis that we're going through and how martial law is being implemented is so that they have to go throughout the world and lock up all these pedophile rings and all these evil people. Well, let's face it, uh, I don't think you need to shut down the whole world. They can lock them up just like uh, any time they want. So be careful. And so what they're saying eventually, this man is going to come along and he's going to bring peace to the whole world. And there's going to be a new world unlike we ever known it before. And this, my friend, is obvious if you study Catholic doctrine, if you study the fathers and the doctors of church about the, the Antichrist who will come. And the fathers tell us there will be an Antichrist, a man, the final Antichrist, the Antichrist. And when he shows up, he'll be around the age of Christ, like around 30 years old. He'll show up, he'll be of Jewish descent, he'll be very charismatic. And the world will be in chaos and he's going to try to bring peace to the world. It will be a facade. And then once he gets everyone's approval and they think that this man may even be the Messiah, then he will let loose on the world the greatest persecution the world has ever seen in the Catholic Church. And so it's it's a prep for the Antichrist. So be careful, don't fall. So that's why it's important to know Fatima. Our Lady of Fatima came. She gave us signs from heaven and everything. And she told us how this thing is going to go. That if the Pope doesn't consecrate Russia by a certain time, with all the bishops in union, once again, Russia was federal errors, whole nations will be annihilated, but in the end, Russia will be converted, there will be a reign of peace in the world, the church, a rebuilding of Christendom, and then, after a period of no one knows how long that period of peace will be, then the Antichrist comes. And he will have a reign of around three and a half years in imitation of Christ, three years, and then Christ comes for the final judgment and destroys him. There's many heresies out there, millennialism, where people think Christ is going to come before the second coming, which doesn't make sense right there. Then he's going to rule on the earth for a thousand years. These are all heresies condemned by the church. So pay attention. Study Fatima. Study the doctors and fathers of the church, what they teach about the Antichrist. And so let's just look at some of the things on a natural level with this coronavirus. So let me be clear again before I go on that this is a chastisement and God's allowed this chastisement even though this pandemic is being caused by man. He's allowing it because he wants to bring us down to our knees and he allows chastisements as an act of his love to convert people and to bring them into his bosom, into his church. So otherwise they would be lost without it. So chastisements that are allowed from God is to bring a greater good. And so we could see how they're blowing this pandemic way out of proportion just by looking at the amounts of deaths that have taken place in the U.S. Since January 1st, I have statistics here, until March 25th. So in three months, the coronavirus has taken 21,000 lives. 21,000 people throughout the world have died from coronavirus. 
The seasonal flu, 113,000. Malaria, 228,000. Suicides, 249,000. Traffic fatalities, almost 314,000 deaths. HIV, AIDS, 391,000 deaths. Alcohol-related deaths, 581,000. Smoking, tobacco-related deaths, 1,162,000. Cancer deaths, 1,909,000 deaths. Deaths attributed to starvation, 2,382,000 deaths. And deaths by abortion, 9 million. 900,000. This is unbelievable. Obviously, these people, they say you get these evil politicians say they care so much about lives, they want to save lives, but they don't care about over the, over almost 10, almost a billion souls have been killed. Almost 10 million souls have been boarded already in three months. Over 2,000. 382,000 deaths attributed to starvation. All the money that they waste, they could feed the whole world. These people are evil and they are deceiving you. And the worst deception we see, what's happening in the church today. We see that most Catholic bishops here in the United States and throughout the world are in cahoots with the one world government. That even Pope Francis himself promotes the one world government. He's one of the greatest promoters of globalism, naturalism, and he comes out with many, many heresies. And so recently, on March 31st, the bishop in Springfield, Massachusetts, he has forbidden all priests to anoint anyone who's dying. I'm going to read this to you. It says, the bishop of Springfield, Massachusetts, has temporarily suspended last rites in all instances in his diocese in response to the coronavirus pandemic. His name is Bishop Rosansky. He, on the 25th of March, he was allowing the assigned Catholic hospital chaplains, so priests that chaplains in hospital, he was allowing them to stand outside a patient's room or away from their bedside to dab a cotton swab with the holy oils and then allow a nurse to enter the patient's room and administer the oil on the head. If the patient is alert, the prayers may be provided via the telephone, the bishop said by the priest. Okay? But the bishop's conference, thank God, he said this is not possible for the anointing with oil to be delegated to someone else, such as a nurse or a doctor. Only a priest can administer the last sacraments. So that same afternoon, once the committee, the bishop's committee, notified him that he sent his priest a message stating that after further discussion and review, I am rescinding my previous directive and temporarily suspending the anointing of the sick in all instances. This is a disgrace that this man doesn't even know the Baltimore Catechism that a six-year-old child, an eight-year-old child studying for Holy Communion knows that only a priest can anoint someone dying. And here he is. And any priest that did that committed a sacrilege that went along with that nonsense. And this is a prince of the church. He's supposed to lead you to Christ. He's supposed to lay down his life to save you. And he's letting you be devout. He's letting you die without the last rites. He is not a Christ. He is not a shepherd. He is a wolf in sheep's clothing. We see down in Florida the governor of Florida is a Catholic man, and he has permitted churches to hold liturgy still. And the Archbishop of Miami, his name is Bishop Wenske, he forbade his priest to celebrate any public liturgy, including Easter. And he said there could be no drive-through confessions, no drive-through to pick up blessed palms for this coming Palm Sundays. He is a devil. Our Lord said, to the bishop, feed my sheep. That a bishop is supposed to lay down his life for the sheep. The next one I want to go to is in Chicago. The Archdiocese of Chicago under the leadership of Cardinal Supage has told his priest that all baptisms must be postponed. 
must be postponed in response to the coronavirus pandemic. And that even in emergency, baptism requires the permission of a bishop. This is nonsense. This is heresy. Baptism is so important. None of the other sacraments are valid without a valid baptism. And the fathers and doctors teach us, of course, that before you're baptized, you belong to Satan. That there's some uh, original sin is not this black spot on your soul, but it's something that's missing that should be there, and that is sanctifying grace. And the way we sanctifying grace is given to the soul is through baptism. And that baptism can never be denied, especially to a baby. And that's why the church always taught it's a mortal sin to postpone baptism of a newborn baby beyond the month that you should baptize a baby instantly, as soon as possible. I've seen babies that baptize come right home from the hospital. The first thing we do is baptize them. People that know the faith. And so what's the wickedness of this is that if a baby dies without being baptized, they don't have sanctifying grace. Therefore, they cannot receive the beatific vision. They don't have any personal sins because they don't have a developed will or intellect, so they can't go to hell for any sins, but they go to a natural state of happiness called the limbo of the babies. These bishops are evil. They are devils. They are keeping people, denying the faithful what they have a right to is the sacraments. In the Vatican recently, from the Vatican News came a statement from Cardinal Talge from the Philippines. He says this, ironically, measures to contain the coronavirus have made the air purer, the skies bluer, our hands cleaner, our streets and homes safer. That's coming, he's in the curia. This man is a disgrace. He's a naturalist, just like the Pope is. All they care about is clean air. They don't care about your soul. Our Lord says, don't worry about those that can harm your body, but worry about those who can cast your soul into Gehenna. And this is a cardinal. And he has aspirations of being a Pope. Oh, God spare us. He'll be worse than Pope Francis. The following, another bad bishop, there's so many, I'm just going over a few of these things, is Archbishop Lurie. He instructed that all parish churches will be closed until further notice. This was on March 30th. The closure means that churches will no longer be open for private prayer for no more than 10 individuals at a time, as was the case in recent weeks since the bishop suspended all public masses to help prevent the spread of the COVID-19 virus. In addition, the archbishop has instructed priests not to offer the sacrament of reconciliation in parishes and to only perform the sacraments in cases where the individual is in danger of dying. Funeral masses have been suspended when only graveside services taken place with no more than 10 people present, including the priest performing the rite of committal. I mean, we, this is crazy. These men are evil. Another bishop in Lubbock, Texas, uh, he also has given orders to his priests. He not only ordered the closure of all churches, but added the following. No priest are to make themselves available to hear confessions. He foresees no exceptions, not even for emergency. This is all not from God. These men are evil. These men have been have betrayed us. They betrayed Christ. And they don't want you to go to heaven. And we got to know that laws like this are unjust and they don't therefore don't bind in conscience. We I just read recently about a pastor in Louisiana in a Protestant church. He's continuing to hold service despite the order by the Louisiana governor banning all large gatherings. About 300 worshipers still attend service at the Life Tabernacle Church in central Louisiana. Today, even after the Reverend Tony Spell was issued a court summons that day for allegedly violating the order, he says, we have a constitutional right to congregate. He says, we will continue. We will continue. 
And so even a Protestant, even a Protestant minister has more courage than these wolves in sheep's clothing called Catholic bishops. Unbelievable. So once again, no, no priest is obliged to follow these false commands by his bishops or the state, because the state can't dictate to the church what to do. Salvation of souls, canon law, 1752 is very clear. It's the supreme law of the church, the salvation of souls. Nothing, but nothing precedes that. And so, I want to read to you from one bishop who I'm very happy to say keeps on stepping up his game. And, you know, uh, he's slowly realizing more and more of the truth. And so I give him credit and any other bishop out there because, you know, I don't know if there's any other saying what he's, what he had just said and I'm going to read it to you. And his name is Bishop Athanasius Snyder. Many of you read about. But he's one of the only ones that seems to get some of these things. And I remember what happened in England, the Protestant Revolution. There was only one bishop in all of England that didn't apostatize, and that was St. Fisher. One bishop out of all of them. And now, in the whole Catholic Church, how many bishops are there like Bishop Snyder, who's holding the truth about some of these things? And I remember how was this modernist priest who's pretty well known. He's all over YouTube. He's a big guru. And he is a modernist, and he told me he was himself. He says, yeah, Father, I am a modernist. I was trained at Mundelein Seminary years ago. So he was admitted to me that he was a modernist. And he thinks he's some guru, and he, th and he doesn't know the teachings of the church. And I used to argue with this guy once in a while. And one time we were talking about, for instance, how I was telling him how all the bishops in the United States accept the heresy of religious freedom. That you have a right to choose whatever religion you want. That you have a right to choose whatever God you want. And that's from hell. That's been condemned by the Catholic Church many times. And many popes have condemned it. And I would give him the quotes and this and that. And he goes, oh, so yeah, Father Isaac, let me get this straight. All the bishops are wrong and you're right. And my response is, no, all the bishops are wrong and the church is right. And the church is right. So let's see what Bishop Snyder has said. I'm only going to take a couple of quotes from him. And he says this. Priests must recall that they are first and foremost shepherds of immortal souls. They are to imitate Christ who said, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Who is a hireling and not a shepherd whose own the sheep are not? Sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hireling and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and mine know me. And that's from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 11 to 14. Bishop Snyder goes on to say, If a priest observes in a reasonable manner all the necessary health precaution and uses discretion, he has not to obey the directives of the, his bishop, or the government to suspend mass for the faithful. Such directives are pure human law. However, the supreme law in the church is the salvation of souls. Priests in such a situation have to be extremely creative in order to provide for the faithful, even for a small group, the celebration of holy mass and the reception of the sacraments. Such was the pastoral care of all confessors and martyr priests in the time of the persecution. And this this is so true. This is so true. So he says that a priest is not to obey these false directives from a bishop. It's also from any cardinal. Also, if the Pope gives a directive like that, we don't have to obey that because salvation of souls at hand. And so, so many priests are afraid, my friends, because they're afraid to be cut off. They're afraid to be excommunicated, which it wouldn't be valid anyway to do their job. But the bottom line is those poor priests, they're going to lose their soul if they don't do what Christ wants. When you sign up to be a priest, when you let that bishop lay his hands upon you, 
You are saying you're willing to lay down your life for Christ in his church. And there is no excuse for any priest who's not doing it. And so this, this is very, very sad what's going on in the church. And it's going on on a grand scale across the whole world. I want to quote to you from the great St. Alphonse the Guard, the doctor of the church. And I quote him. He says, the devil has always attempted by means of the heretics to deprive the world of the mass, making them precursors of the Antichrist, who before anything else will try to abolish and will actually abolish the holy sacrament of the altar as a punishment for the sins of men, according to the prediction of Daniel. And strength was given him against the continual sacrifice. The end of the quote. Look what St. Alphonse is telling us. He has always attempted by means of heretic to deprive the world of the mass. And we see so many instances of that in, in history, church history. Look at the Protestant Revolution. They realized that heretic, he was a Catholic apostate, Archbishop Kramer, who said, to destroy the church, we must destroy the mass. We must destroy the mass. And guess what? That's what they tried to do. That's what they tried to do. And their priests were martyred. Priests that were caught celebrating the Holy Sacrifice in the Mass were put to death in Tyburn. How many martyrs hung, were hung, martyrs for the faith because they were caught celebrating Mass. I went to England. I, w I was able to venerate that holy spot where those martyrs would die. And I went to the uh, shrines now, churches that were priest house, where they would have priests, they would hide them in walls and make false walls. And they would crawl and live in these things because they were hunted down and they were martyred. And how many holy, holy priests continue to live, lay down their lives to feed Christ's sheep because they were commanded to. And so they tried to do it. And guess what? They tried to do this. And then after the Second Vatican Council, when they tried to destroy the Trinitine Mass and implement an illicit Mass, Paul VI had no right to do that. That Mass is stripped of everything that symbolizes what? Sacrifice. We see that the Mass, uh, what they tried to stop the Mass during the Cristeo movement in, in Mexico, those holy, holy Catholics, I love studying about the Cristeo movement in Mexico. That the mass was outlawed. And that any priest or lay people that were caught in the mass, having celebrating the mass, participating in the mass, would be put to death. And many priests were martyred. St. Miguel Pro and on and on. And we know that who deserted the people when that came down from the government? Bishops got on the trains and they fled. They abandoned their people. Many of the crusaders, they, you know, they, they, not unfortunately, fortunately, they didn't give up. They fought for Christ. They fought for the social reign of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ, the King of heaven and earth. And they were martyred, many of them. They laid down their life for the church, for Christ. They hung them from the lampposts. But they have great glory in heaven. And who, who put an end to the Cristeo movement? Who put an end to it? They were taking over the whole country of Mexico. Over three quarters already they had under control. And the Vatican told them to stop. They sold them out. They sold them out. Bishops have been selling the church out from the day the church was established. Goes back to Christ. Twelve apostles, twelve first bishops of the church, Judas, first bishop betrayed Christ, 30 pieces of silver. The other 11, what happened to them? Ten of them abandoned Christ and fled in his passion. They are abandoning us today, and we must pray for them. We see how the church is underground, it went underground too in Ireland, when the Protestant Revolution outlawed the church in Ireland which was such a great Catholic country. Ireland evangelized the whole world at one time, the devil hated the great holy priest that came out of Ireland, saints. And how many of those priests 
risk their life and lay down their life for the flock. When their churches were shut down like ours, they went underground. And that's where the church has to go now in the United States. The Irish priests would celebrate mass in the middle of, in the woods, in the middle of the night. They call them mass rocks. And the faithful would be alerted where they would celebrate mass. And on Sundays, one o'clock in the morning, many Catholic men would wake up, wake up their family, their wife, and all their children. They had many children, 10, 12, 15 children, because they didn't contracept. And they would march those children into the woods, two hour walk sometimes or more, rain, cold weather, dampness, no matter what it was, pitch dark, so they could go to the holy sacrifice of the mass. And if they were caught at that mass, they would be put to death, and so would the priest. But they did it. They did it. Are you willing to do that, my friends? God is calling us, priests like myself. We have to go underground now. We have to provide the people with the sacraments. We are going to be persecuted like they persecuted the Christeos, like they persecuted uh, the priests in Ireland. And we could give you many, many more examples of this in the church. We look at the Catholic Church in China. The true Catholic Church in China is underground. I never forget, right, when I was ordained, I read the letter from Cardinal Kung to the Vatican, begging Pope John Paul to proclaim the patriotic communist Catholic Church of China schismatic. Begged him. 16 pages. It made me weep. It made me weep. And I pray for the underground church in China every day. They are true Catholics. They have the true faith and they're laying their life down. Every year, they destroy these underground churches. They imprison the true priests and bishops and they martyr them. And the so-called patriotic communists Catholic Church in China is recognized by the Vatican. They don't call them schismatic or heretics. They believe in abortion. They don't recognize the primacy of Peter. They ordained over a hundred bishops without the Pope's commission. And then, then you have these people say the Society of Pius X is schismatic outside the church. It's nonsense. And Archbishop Lefebvre, thank God for him, he's a saint. He ordained four bishops because he seeing we're in a state of necessity and that the faith must go on, go on, that we need priests. And so the church, in, in the Catholic Church, the Pope, from John Paul on, right to the present, will not, not do a thing, lift a finger to help the underground church of China. Will not. This is what's going to happen throughout the whole world now. Not only China, all of Europe, all of America. We are going underground. And I encourage priests, don't listen to these false commands from their bishops. You will have to answer to God if you don't step up to the plate and be a true priest. And if you're fortunate, you will be martyred. If you're fortunate. Let us pray for that gift of martyrdom. Let us be faithful priests. No matter what they do to us, like St. Maximilian Mary Colby, the great Franciscan, who fought the Masons. That's why he was inspired by Our Lady to start the Militia of the Immaculate, to fight them. And he did many great things. And he died in Auschwitz. He laid down his life. According to these wicked bishops, they would have told him he couldn't absolve those poor people, nine other people in a bunker that were dying. Imagine. Don't fall for this. Pope Pius XII, I want to quote what he said. A day will come when the civilized world will deny its God, when the church will doubt as Peter doubted. She will be tempted to believe that man has become God. In our churches, Christians will search in vain for the red lamp where God awaits them. Like Mary Magdalene weeping before the empty tomb, they will ask, where have they taken him? 
the end of the quote. That day is here. That day is here. That day is here. In our churches, Christians will search in vain for the red lamp where God awaits them. What's the red lamp? When you walk into a Catholic church, you taught this from when you're two years old, even younger. Nothing fills my heart more joy when I see a little top, two years old, walks and you see the parents teaching them how to genuflect. When they walk into the church and they see this that red lamp, the sanctuary lamp, because that means... God is present, Jesus Christ is present, body, soul, divinity, in the tabernacle. And he said, we'll search in vain for the red lamp where God awaits them. God is there, he waits us to come visit him, to spend an hour with him in prayer. That the first bishops of the church didn't. They fled. And now they flee again. We gotta wake up, my friends. This is what's going on. And he said, like Mary Magdalene, weeping before the empty tomb, they will ask, where have they taken him? I hope that you weep like Mary Magdalene. Our hearts should have main desires to be with Jesus, to be with him at all times, to be one with him. Our lady appeared in France in, in La, Our Lady of La Salette in 1846, and we could quote many things from that apparition, which she was seeing weeping, Our Lady. And she said that the church will be eclipsed, the world will be in dismay. The church will be in eclipse. How true that is. In eclipse, when you see the moon covering the sun, you can't see the sun, but it's there. And now you can't see Holly the church. But the church is there because Christ promised that the gates of hell will not prevail. The church will always be there till when Christ comes back to judge the living and the dead. So don't ever believe that the devil will be triumphed over the church. But all the fathers and doctors say when Christ comes back, there will be a small, small remnant. Let's pray that we are part of that remnant, that we are. So the church right now, is, is, is where is it recognizable? Where? It's recognized in the church on the ground in China. It's recognized in the faithful like yourself who have the true faith. And so I want to end, I want to encourage us by listening to the words of St. Athanasius. St. Athanasius lived at the time of the Arian heresy. He's known as the father of orthodoxy. He fought against the Arian heresy. The three quarters of the world, bishops, faithful, bought into that heresy. Three quarters of the church. And he fought those heretics. He was exiled over five, at least five times by the emperor. He was excommunicated and everything. But he knew the truth. And let me quote St. Athanasius. So St. Athanasius, to whom he was objected, you have the bishops against you. You have the bishops against you. Does that sound familiar? They're against all of us, all of us that are faithful. So you have the, the bishops against you. And St. Athanasius answered with faith. That was his answer. So you have the bishops against you. Answer with faith. That proves that they are all against the church. If the world goes against truth, then Athanasius goes against the world. Athanasius goes against the world. So it doesn't matter, my friends, if all the bishops are going along with this reign of communism. It doesn't matter. We must stand with the truth. We must stand with the true teachings of the church. He goes on, God has promised to be like a wall of fire around those who rightly believe in him. And that means when you say believe in, believe in all the truths that it was revealed to the faith, to the church, the gift of faith, that this is where we have to have confidence and trust in God, that he will put a wall of fire around those who rightly believe in him. Great is he who is in the world. Great is he, excuse me, who is in me than who is in the world. If you're in sanctifying grace, the Holy Trinity dwells with you. 
And therefore, the scriptures tell them, if God is for us, who can be against us? St. Athanasius goes on, he says, Catholics who remain faithful to tradition, even if they are reduced to but a handful, they are the true church of Jesus Christ. I'm going to repeat that. Catholics who remain faithful to tradition, even if they are reduced to but a handful, they are the true church of Jesus Christ. They are. St. Athanasius goes on to say, May God console you. What saddens you is the fact that others have occupied the churches by violence, while during this time you are on the outside. It is a fact that they have the premise, but you have the apostolic faith. They can occupy our churches, but they are outside the true faith. You remain outside the places of worship, but the faith dwells within you. Let us consider what is more important, the place or the faith. The true faith, obviously, who has lost and who has won in this struggle, the one who keeps the premise or the one who keeps the faith, the premises or the one who keeps the faith. St. Athanasius is speaking to us today. They could shut down our churches, but they can't take the faith away from us. They can shut down our churches, but they can't cast God out of our souls. They could shut down the churches, but they cannot distinguish the faith in your soul, the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Take courage, my friend. Take strength in these words of St. Athanasius. Take Faith takes uh, confidence in God. And this is why we have to be men and women of prayer. This is why that God, when he allows chastisements like this to befall upon humankind, it's that we repent, that we increase devotions, that we increase our penances, that we increase our prayers, that we double our prayers. In times like this, if you're saying one rosary, say two, three. Times like this, if you're doing a mental prayer, half hour, do an hour, two hours. And make reparation and atonement, not only for your own sins, but for others. That is the message that Our Lady gave us at Fatima. Most souls go to hell because no one will pray or do penance for them. That little Jacinta, St. Jacinta Francisco and Lucia, they were obsessed with doing penance after they saw hell. Human beings falling into hell like leaves falling off a tree in the autumn, snowflakes coming down in the winter. And they love souls. Why? Because Christ died for those souls. He died for every soul. And we want to save souls, even those bishops that have abandoned us, that have abandoned Christ, the Pope who has abandoned the teachings of the church, who encourages uh, uh, people to commit adultery, and so on and so on. We have to pray for him, for his conversion. We have to beg God. And we have to beg God that we will remain faithful. I recommend that you pray to the Blessed Virgin every day, that she will grant you the efficacious grace that before you betray Christ or fall into mortal sin, that she will take your life in the state of grace before you ever betray God. Because all that matters is that we save our soul, that we save our souls, that your children, your loved ones will be saved. And it's up to us to help bring people into heaven. The more faithful we are, the more we will bring into heaven with us. So before I give the final blessing, I would like to thank all of you faithful who have donated funds to the Fatima Center, and even more important, who support us with your prayers. We are in the process of purchasing more equipment so that we can bring more videos like this to you. Because we just really, we've been putting videos up from our conferences all the time, but now we have to put videos like this because the Fatima Center has been physically shut down. So we need your donations, and we can't thank you enough, and even more so, we need you to pray. 
Because all we're about is bringing the message of Our Lady of Fatima to the people, which means the message of the Catholic faith. Because the Fatima is nothing but one big catechism. We're about warning people of the chastisements that Our Lady told us would take place, that are upon us now. We're about getting people to heaven. And we give you the whole message of Fatima, not this watered-down version of the message of Fatima. So many people have been led astray believing that the Fatima message has been revealed to dirt secret all. It's nonsense. So many people, priests from the Vatican down, have told you that the consecration has been done. It's not. So we want to thank you again for your support, and we beg you, whatever God puts on your heart, to continue to support us. Because with your support, souls will be saved. And even all the work we do at the Fatima Center, even if only one soul is going to be saved, one soul for all the videos we put up, praise God, because one soul is has a, a value that you can't put a number on it, because every soul has been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to continue to help us. We thank you. You are in our prayers. You can donate to the Fatima Center by hitting the donate button at the end of this video. And you could go to our website, Fatima.org. You contribute through PayPal, any way you can help us. Please pray about your heads for God's blessing. Pax et benedictione Deo Omnipotente. Patri et Filii Spiritus Sancti. Descende super vos emineet semper. Amen. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Our prayer is that this presentation may enlighten your faith, strengthen your hope, and inflame your charity. Please also share it far and wide. For more resources regarding the message of Fatima and the Catholic faith, we invite you to visit our website, www.fatima.org. St. Athanasius, pray for us. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us.